Blog Talk Radio. Lockhart, and you're listening to Vox Poetica's 15 Minutes of Poetry. I'm back today after an unscheduled hiatus, which is the story of our lives, but we have today a special guest, and you've heard her before. Her name is Elizabeth Stelling. Uh, E, thank you for coming on the show. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad I could. I've been wanting to talk about my new venture. Yes, me too. It's not just me. There's, There's Five board members. <laughs> there are. So, all right, here's the thing. Give us, I, I, wanna, I want you to tell us about the new venture. But before we go into what it is, talk a little bit about what brought you to this point in starting this venture so we can get a little backstory on it. No, that's a good point. Um, a lot of people who know me personally, well, first of all, they know I don't run around and talk about it unless unless the conversation steers that way. But uh, when I was 18, I was robbed at gunpoint and attacked physically, and it seemed like, you know, I was born kind of back in the era, you know, and I was born in uh, 1961, but, you know, throughout then until now, until the Me Too has kind of come up again, I, um, you know, struggled because, you know, men were always dominant, and I'm not going to just put it in the man's lap. There's women who who do it too, um, with abuse and stuff, and then uh, an abusive marriage. And then uh, my father suffered from, well, he wasn't diagnosed, but he he was an alcoholic and kind of, you know, self, self-medicated. self And then my mom had some mental illness issues, and it turns out it kind of ran in the family, probably on both sides to some degree. And so... Then when I lost my daughter in 2000 and started up my, you know, I started up my writing career again and started my publishing company, Red Dashboard, thanks to you. You you kind of pushed me off that cliff, <laughs> but I, I thank you every step of the way. Um, so in the back of my mind, as I started doing anthologies and stuff, I knew that I wanted to address these issues, mental illness or I call it disorders, you know, because there's so many out there in the spectrum, you know, autism, all kinds of things. Um, So I wanted to start that, and I dedicated it. I did it in honor of my mom and anyone else I had ran across that had issues, you know, with mental disorders, um, you know, and it can include I have dyslexia. I'm ADHD to some degree. So I started disorder mental illness and its affect, which is a a psychological term for the influence, how you're influenced by it. And that went off really well four years ago. That is an anthology, right? That is an anthology. Yes, it's an anthology, which is a, yes, it's a collection from various people who've been through various experiences, either from, uh, I think I have a poet laureate from California in there, who's son suffers from various things, uh, mainly bipolar. 
I have uh, just people all over the world have submitted to this anthology and then turns around, especially I think Susan's fault, um, and I need to tag her in this thing, but she taught me about NAMI, which is the National Mental Illness um, Foundation that's in every state, and she belongs to that. So she kept buy, she she really is supportive and buys copies to go and sell and promote what I do, and also um, she's one of our guest editors for it. Um, also, after that, it was on my mind, especially after. I kept coming across women over the past two years before the Me Too movement who were talking about their 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 abuse. So I, so I put a lot of thought into the title, and I thought about my own experiences with rape and abuse. And what's the one thing a lot of people talk about when they're talking about their experiences? You like during rape, you tend to leave your body because that's the only way to get through it is to pretend. I've heard people say they can see, they can look down and see themselves. So Mm. I decided to go with Moving Beyond Mars, a voice for victims, survivors of abuse, sexual and physical, and even bullying kind of falls under this category. So I started that last year and had an overwhelming just just the, the support and the um, submissions that came in, and we can't, you know, sadly I can't put everybody into the book. So once again, I got guest editors, which I typically make the final decision, but usually the two or three editors I use, there's always a crossover. It's funny, their first 10 to 20 picks are usually the same, maybe not listed as in order, but right. so it's right. really been good. And if I could, I'd, I'd like to read a poem from yeah, read us one Mars. from each. Read us, read us a poem from each collection if you can. Okay, I will. And these anthologies are available online if you're interested. The, they, as of June 8th, we are now a nonprofit called The Right to Change. And it's W-R-I-T-E-2, number two, change. And these books will fall under that now and and be sold. So any money we make from these um, will go back into the nonprofit. And we do give books away. That's part of it. We give you a copy if you're picked. And and we also donate books to... um, Donate books to organizations around here. So, okay. The first one I'm going to read is from Disorder. And it's by, uh, oh, I don't want to butcher her name, but it's by Nicole Macondia. And it's mm-hmm. called Hum Me Back to Life. I watched you thread orchids with fraying tongue, unaware I was orion, metamorphically disfiguring. Celestial clocks slip down, the question marks of your ears, posing, love at first silhouette, your spinely liver, my waxen stilts, parabolic backed against television, spirits, hilt submerged, paralytic venom, you, our stunt, evolution. 
I haven't been suicidal in five years. I know where your fury has gone, broken doorknob, hitched up skirts, eggshells in the scramble. Now, that's, that's mm. you know, for the non-poet person, you know, people who say, oh, I don't understand poetry. It, there's a lot hidden between the lines of that, and I did probably pick a more complicated poem just off, based off the title, but I get it. You know, oh, I think and, the, the and imagery he, is very clear, and I think, um, and it, it, but it, but it's also, um, uh, it allows a lot of entry points into that piece, depending on one's own experiences or how how they're looking to hear about someone else's. I think there's a lot of ways into that work. It's a beautiful, beautiful poem. I mean, and well, horrific like, at the same time, I, right? Right, and I think I think, like I said, you know. Um, when when you're going through abuse or whatever, a lot of times, even even experiencing mental illness or disorders of any kind, you cope with it how you cope with it. And exactly. Sometimes those images just make it into the lines of a poem or a fiction or a memoir, and right. you just I think people who have experienced it and we have that connection. Then we do get it, but it's they're worth reading. There's a lot more. Matter of fact, I'm yep. going to read from Moving Beyond Mars, and I've had the privilege of meeting a beautiful soul down in South Jersey named Kate Hart Nardoni, and uh, we published one of her books um, this past year or at the beginning of the year, and her her spirit is to really reach out and help people not just through her writing, but encouragement. And I've had the honor of meeting her, <clears throat> meeting someone she knows, her niece, Katie Nardoni, who is a spoken word artist. And she's going to be in the next issue because I heard her read some pieces. But just the influence of Kate on Katie's life to heal through writing. And so it's, it's okay, I'll stop talking about you, Kate. Okay, her poem is Monsters. <laughs> Evil no longer hides itself under bed frames or inside closets. It lurks behind smiles, kind gestures, familiar faces. It's an old man sitting on a porch. It's an unraised feral child. It's in the atmosphere, thick like smoke. It surrounds us, dines with us, walks by and says hello to us on the street. These are not campfire villains. These are stories we wish we never had to tell. Our nightmares walk amongst us, making each day lived an act of bravery. Humans, the scariest monsters of all, God help us. Hmm. And and she's right. You, yeah. Even though you don't know when it's going to hit, like with, you know, say molestation, you know, it's a form of abuse. You just don't know. I think we know more now than we did when I was younger because people didn't talk about that kind of thing. And now I think society is ready to talk. You have to be accepting to listen and understanding that, like with me, you know, when I was attacked, and I say I had a gun put in my face and robbed and raped, I could not sleep. Hmm. for years without being in the middle of a room where I had just total 180 vision. 
without mm-hmm. the lights on, or, you know, with, I had the lights on, and every noise I heard, I had to learn how to drown out that noise. And it doesn't always, but, uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm one of those sad people that sleeps with a fan. Because I have to drown it out, and it takes me forever to go to sleep. It affects you the rest of your life. Yeah, it does. It's it's a it's so a lifelong any, battle. Yeah, yeah. Any experience. Now and tell me, so, tell me this, Elizabeth. Right. What um? So how does right to change? How does what is up to change? What is the purpose? Um, what do you hope to accomplish with right to change? Well. I had wanted to do a nonprofit. I saw another poet publisher do it, and I, you know, I, I know their direction and why they did it. And I wanted to do something too, but on a small scale. So if you look it up, it's the right to change dot org, and what it is, it's a nonprofit organization formed to create events and publish items that utilize writing and public performances to foster self-healing from traumatic events or thoughts incurred by self, family, and other friends. Now, that's kind of generic. We have a short, that's the short version. <laughs> but, you know, the longer version is I want to go in one-on-one. I just hired a new assistant, Christine Baker, and she was a teacher. Now she has decided she wants to learn the publishing business, and she's been kind of down the same road I have, and we want to go in and work with people one-on-one and also in a workshop environment and also kind of work together with other organizations. I just met a woman today who works for a facility in Trenton, and their um, art therapy, you know, gives people the choice, you know, if they're interested in writing. And what I would bring to that table is not only help foster the writing in someone, which I'm about to do uh, next week, not this coming week, but the following week, I will be going into a nursing home, a rehab facility, because someone has reached out that they want to write another book, but they're having problems with writer's block and depression and stuff. So I will go in, sit down with them, assess if they have done anything since we last spoke, put, kind of put a plan in action, put it in writing, give it, you know, back to them. But initially what I'll do is that's, you know, writer's block does happen. And I'll go in and pretty much put some prompts on the table, let them pick out something and kind of talk to talk through it about what is, what's going through their head when they see this, make Mm. notes, you know, kind of get them to make notes. And then they're, they're kind of their assignment. So to speak, I teach writing workshops now at the local library and I give the kids, I teach some prompts and then they take those home and write a story and bring it back. And then we kind of go through and edit it as we go along and it's working great. I've got uh, adults, and kids, and it, and it's working. Adults don't always need prompts like children can do, but uh, but my whole purpose is just to. I'm jokingly going to say I already work for nothing. <laughs> I don't make a lot of money in publishing. I do it for the for 
the passion from from what comes from my heart, and the right to change comes from my heart. So I want to go and make connections with people, raise awareness, you know. So so we're at this point in time launching. This is now just launching, and like you just said, you're in the process of putting together some one-on-one uh, coaching type of of work as well as um, some additional things. Are you planning additional publications at this point or events that the public can participate in? Yes. We will continue the anthologies. We'll put the call for submissions out for Disorder and uh, Moving Beyond Mars. And next year I I want to launch one for grief, for grieving Mm. families over the loss of a child. And that will be my third and I probably shouldn't say last because you never know. I get ideas for things all the time. But, yes, you can still submit to these anthologies. Uh, Disorder happens in the spring, and Moving Beyond Mars happens. Uh, I'd like to get it, you know, the stuff picked and and set up and everything to be out by November. Last year it it ran into January, but I want to get it done a little sooner. And um, it will be also... The purpose of the right to change is to open it up to a wider audience, but also allow these one-on-ones and workshops to submit mm-hmm, and be published. Because mm-hmm. there's, you know, you know as well as I do, there's a lot of people walking around going, "I always wanted to write a book. I always yeah. wanted to, you know." Well, yeah. I think I really feel my purpose of even my my profit company, Red Dashboard publications, I wasn't interested in trying to go out and make money from people by selling it. My purpose was the world of publishing out there can be a rat race. It can be daunting, scary, and I wanted to help people. I wanted, you know, I'm not dissing it, but some MFA programs, or probably a lot of them, when the kids get out of, or even the adults who've taken them go out, they have no idea how to put a manuscript together. They have no idea what goes into a book. So I do as much as I can to explain it, talk about it, encourage, you know, because I meet people all the time. They'll talk about their great-grandfather did this or whatever. I'm like, well, write about it. Why don't you write it down? Because one day your grandkids are going to want to know who you are and what you come from, not just through genealogy, but, you know, they want to hear a voice. So put your voice on paper. So another question for you. I mean, you're also a writer. You know, you're you're not just a publisher. You're also a poet and a fiction writer as well. You've done a bunch of different things here, essays, all kinds of stuff. What what are you doing? What are you working on right now? Or where are you finding time (laughs) amidst all this? Uh, Oh, well, Sadly, I, we had a cancer scare two years ago with my husband, so I got caught up in that, and then my son decided to get married. And <laughs> to be honest with you, everything's sitting here ready to go out and, and you know, and have a publisher's name put on it. But I just yeah. haven't found time to go through. I've, yeah. I've got one book that you know about. I've got to go in. I had it beta read, and I've got to go in and do some edits, and then it's yeah. ready. But... Uh, I well, know. you want to know what my biggest project challenge. is? Yes. My biggest project is for two years thinking about 
the right to change is I knew that I needed to get out of the house more. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I got a so I got a puppy, Snoop Dogg. <laughs> and with the goal with the goal in mind that he would become he's my emotional um dog, uh help dog, emotional therapy dog for post traumatic stress disorder. But he officially in two weeks starts once a week training to become a therapy dog that could be taken into group settings or one-on-one and be certified, and he's ready. I thought I was going to have to wait longer, but after talking to the <laughs> trainer, they said now he needed, and someone else that, you know, has a dog as well. And so that's, I would have to say Snoops is my project right now. And so and will, can we expect it, to see some of him through your uh through the, the right to change events or um yes, there are social yes. media okay, he won't posts be, and things? Yes. Uh we did a function back on June ninth for a kind of a fundraiser and he came yeah. but sadly he did something on the ground. <laughs> he he <laughs> he he left his bark. In the building, and we had to, we had to, he was removed, bodyguards and all, took him out. So I knew at that point I couldn't really do anything. But after I think it's 16 weeks, and he passes the therapy test, then he will be certified. And right now he goes with us everywhere. I mean, they let us in restaurants. They yeah. they let me walking through Target. I mean, as long as I have his service dog vest. <laughs> He's fine. Yeah. So, yes, he will be officially, after the 16 weeks, you will see him. Uh, you know, now we do have an event coming up, a fundraiser, where we'll be selling the books. And that's going to be at Princeton Library on October 20th. That's a Saturday. At okay. 3 o'clock, we'll have okay. some of our authors reading. We'll have a Great. special guest. Um, Denise Wolf. She's writing as a book with the right to change in mind. She's writing a book about therapy dogs, but mainly canine responder dogs. Okay. There's some out there that are quite famous, mm. and she she's a writer. We met at AWP years ago and have remained friends. And so she, so she will be there reading from her book and talking about it. But before you can become a canine responder dog, you have to have been a therapy dog. Because canine responder mm. dogs, it's much more structured. People can't. That's why people can't pet them. Right. They, they you know, they um, like Snoop and I'll go through the training. We will be a team. Right. So I will be his handler, and that's kind of how it works. So this event on October 20th at Princeton Library, three o'clock. We'll okay. feature readers, and then we're going to have music, Lance Scott Green, Danielle Stewart, and others Wonderful. will be performing live out in the plaza. And you can go nice. get yourself something to eat and come sit down and hang out with us. Sounds like fun. And Snoop will be I, there. I think um, there's absolutely sounds like it's going to be a wonderful day with tons of things to see and do and in the art um and support communities both. So uh, I'm looking forward to that, and I hope everyone that's listening will 
who is in nearby uh, can get a chance to attend that. And that's just the beginning. There'll be so much more. Um, you will be, you are, uh, you're going to tell us where people can find out more about the right to change specifically. It's the right, W-R-I-T-E, number two, to change.org. And I also have a donation button on there. You can, um, we've gotten donations through that, and that will help us kind of right now being supported by red dashboards. And right. a lot of that will have to be, you know, returned. And, you know, so we're going off our book sales. If you're interested in a book, you can purchase a book through there. And if you want to donate books through your um, money contribution, you just let us know. And we will report where these books go out and who who gets them. And I will mention that we did meet a young lady last year that needed help. And I she's published in uh, Moving Beyond Mars, and she is on the reco she's on the road to recovery. I won't say her name um, without her permission, but but I, I do see and did see a great great progress in her writing just over the course of the month that she hung out with me and everything and uh, wonderful we did take one of her poems wonderful all right elizabeth uh, we are out of time i want to thank you for taking time out of this uh sunday with any sunday with a puppy is hectic but particularly in the midst of all the training and startup activities. I know that you've got a lot going on and I wanted to thank you for spending some time with us talking about this exciting project. Um, in full disclosure, I am a board member of this uh, wonderful venture along with some other um, wonderful New Jersey poets and um, others. And I, I'm, I encourage you all to check it out and be part of in whatever way you can, a writer, a reader, uh, someone who likes to go to art events, Whatever the case may be, just be part of something positive in the world. We need more of that, not less. Um, next week, we're planning to be back on air with Ryan Torres, who you uh, you know him pretty well, Elizabeth, because you published his work. Yes, and his new book is coming out, Blessed Are the Snakes, and I'm excited about that one. He can really keep you on your toes. He wrote a funny story about gnomes, you know, that uh, I just love it. I laugh every time I, I see it. So, <laughs> All right. Thank well, you thanks for, for having listening. me. Have a great week, everyone. We'll, we'll see you again next week. Thanks for, for stopping by.